Hey regulars, Charlie here. We all spend a lot of time thinking about what we eat, but what about what we drink? Well, our friends at Congan Water have an answer for you. When you call 800-494-8685 or visit Conwater, that's K-A-N-Water.com, you can learn more about the Congan Water machine and to check out their specials on air purifiers. Congan Water has been around for 50 years and has expanded into nine countries, which shows that they really do have the staying power to outlast all their competition. The Congan Water machine is the only real ionizer on the market. The rest, unfortunately, are nothing more than a mass produced water filter. While Kangen water is great for hydration, you can use it for all sorts of other health benefits, whether that be reducing acid reflux, migraine headaches, joint aches and pains, low energy, gout, and even muscle pain. Its antioxidants neutralize free radicals in your body and keep your immune system strong, while its alkaline properties balance the pH level of your body and keeps you healthy. If you drink a lot of energy drinks and have a very acidic diet, Kangen water is a must. You can even use the water for weight loss. There are weight loss plans that rely on Kangen's alkaline water exclusively, but even without a plan, the water will help help you lose weight. So if you're interested in improving your health and boosting your hydration, call 800-494-8685 or visit conwater.com. That's K-A-N-Water.com to learn all about the Kangen Water Machine and to check out their specials on air purifiers. Again, these deals will not last, so be sure to call and let them know that the regular Joe Show team sent you. Joe Giganti, regular Joe here with you on this Thursday. Uh, you know, the more every time I, I go through the stack of stuff and I think there's nothing more about Mitch McConnell, there's a great, I'll just mention this, great piece in Just the News uh, that says Mitch McConnell's legacy, because he talked about all the all that he's he feels he's done everything he can. And uh, this piece in Just the News, the headline, Mitch McConnell's legacy, colon, $27.6 trillion in national debt. I'll just let that sit out there. I'm not not going to go any deeper than that. Now, we have the battle of the border today. You got Biden and Trump both going to the border. Trump, of course, announced he's going to El Paso many weeks ago. And then, what? what? Eagle, did I say El Paso again? Why do we keep doing that? Look, here, watch. You can hear the marker. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to write it. I know it's Eagle. Why do I keep calling Eagle Pass El Paso? I don't know, but I'm going to write, look, Eagle, maybe I have Biden disease. Eagle Pass. There, see? It's, I, I don't know why I keep doing And now you're in on it. You got Marion, Texas, and I got Charlie Smack. I feel like Charlie's like a nun. Remember the old nuns come around with the, the ruler and whap on your, your wrists or on your, your knuckles when you weren't? It's like, it's like getting Charlie around sometimes. Anyway, but they're there, of course. Biden, I think, well, it, it, okay, not Biden. Let me correct myself. But the handlers are like, well, well, we'll send them to the place where there's really nothing happening. We're going to send them to Brown. Now, last year, Brownsville was having major surges. Here's the, the reason why I say it's clever by half. No matter which way you go, his simple appearance at the border, again, this is where Republicans need to be smart and not grab defeat from the jaws of victory. It is, of course, nothing but a political reaction that Joe Biden is going. The first three and a half years, well, took three years for him to get there. They sanitized the place as though the Chinese handlers were showing up to inspect when he went down last year and, and did nothing of any great 
effect. This year, he claims he's going because he wants to talk to leadership and Border Patrol members about what resources they need. It's going to be a faint move. He's going to get in there and say, we need to pass the, the Senate bill that secures the border of three other locations but the United States and gives nothing but, you know, a tacit nod to the security here in the U.S. But here's where you make the victory of this. Whether he goes to Eagle Pass, see, Eagle Pass, well, you know, it's El Paso, you know what it is? It's EP. El Paso, Eagle Pass, whatever. It's not my fault they can't come up with original names in Texas. Whether he goes to Eagle Pass or Brownsville, you know why it doesn't matter? The only reason why there's been any improvement on the border is because of what Governor Abbott in the state of Texas has done. And that's what needs to be hammered home. The reason why last year Brownsville was a complete mess and this year it's not is because they put up they put up makeshift walls. They put up the barbed wire or the razor wire and it's working. And that's why they need so it, it, to me it's clever. I mean, I know a lot of people are lamenting and I get it. He's pride, you know, he, he sits there and, and says, well, look, but if he takes any modicum of credit that there's no illegals passing through, I mean, in the time period, uh, in terms of, of measuring it, in, in Eagle Pass, there's been like a couple thousand that have come through, I think, in the last 45 days. And in Brownsville, it's been like 14 or something. So I'm sure they're looking at the numbers like, well, this will work. We'll send them there and it won't look too terrible and it won't be so bad and he can, he can sell it. Well, all anyone needs to do is say the only reason why, because a year ago, Brownsville was a mess. The only reason it's not is because of what, what Greg, Greg Abbott did, which, by the way, the Biden administration has been suing them to stop. They've been paying federal employees to take down these barriers. So it's, it, it's clever by have at best. But again, I, I don't I don't want to think that, you know, they're going to figure it out too quickly. Now, we'll get deeper into that in a moment. Plus, this, yesterday's press conference with Joe Biden, where he supposedly is talking about how you know, crime and insecure, ending crime and making things secure is, is so important, uh, except for the fact that, you know, again, he seemingly missed the 800-pound gorilla in the corner when he talked about it, for failing to mention Lake and Riley or any of the illegal immigration crimes that have been going on, which we'll give you an update. But first, I have another update. Now, you know, in Illinois, they, of course, have said a judge, a left-wing judge, came out and said, well, you know, Donald Trump is guilty of insurrection, which, can we be clear, judges, whether it's a Supreme Court judge or a localized judge at different levels, they cannot declare someone guilty of something they've not been charged with. Donald Trump has never, ever been charged with insurrection in the court of law, period. This is the equivalent of the judge reaching up under their black robe, digging deep in a dark orifice and pulling it out of that orifice and saying, look what I found. He's suddenly guilty of something. But like every other situation where a judge has made this ruling, Colorado and so forth, is that they immediately stay their own decision based on the appeal process and the Supreme Court weighing in. So it might even wonder why you would do something like this. Well, for one, Illinois's primary is March 14th or 12th is 12th or 14th, whatever. It's two weeks away. Early voting has already started in Illinois. So his name is going to already be on the ballot. They're staying the decision pending appeal. So why would they do this? I mean, I'm sure there's a certain moral victory they feel every time they get to say, we're taking them off the ballot, even when they're not. 
But I'm thinking there's something a little more obvious to it all. What do they hope will happen if they if you don't think you can vote for him? What might someone do that wanted to vote Republican? They might vote for the other name on the ticket, you know, like Hickey Naley. I mean, could this not just be yet another Democrat attempt to prop up Hickey Naley in the hopes that they can try to show she's getting traction in any way, shape, or form? If they spread the word that Donald Trump isn't going to be on the ballot or his name on the ballot's not viable, because this is like when they do the correction on the 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 number of, of jobs, right? They put the big number out. Everyone's like, oh, my gosh, look, we more than expected. Well, two months later, we're down to, you know, 40% of that number, but nobody pays attention because it's down the road. The big lead is that Donald Trump's being taken off the Illinois ballot. It's at the end of the story where they say the judge is staying that decision pending an appeal process. So, in fact, he's still on the ballot, but it doesn't matter. What they're putting into the psyche of the Illinois voter is that Donald Trump can't be voted for. Voting for him isn't going to work or be productive in any way, shape, or form. So again, why do it? Well, because I think it it's more of the psyops, more of the effort to try, which, I mean, let's be clear. Next to Americans for Prosperity, who have now pulled out their financial support for Hickey Nelly, which is the surviving Koch brother, basically. Next to them, the, the group that has been propping Hickey Nelly up the most financially, and for that matter with votes, is the Democrat Party. So... It wouldn't surprise me if this is another, nothing more than an attempt to try to pop up her numbers in Illinois to try to make her look like she has any ability to compete, which has been proven that she doesn't. And that's not the only attacks going on Donald Trump, who apparently is not entitled to the same constitutional rights that the rest of Americans are, because, I mean, in the state of New York, matter of fact, in the city of New York, we go to one of our favorite prosecuting district attorneys hey 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 it's alvin bragg ladies and gentlemen well he's back at it now he wants a gag order against donald trump monday he filed this request quote to protect the integrity of this criminal proceeding and avoid prejudice to the jury this is a jury in new york city you're worried about prejudice against a republican then move it out of the city. The people respectfully request that this court issue a narrowly tailored order restricting certain pre-judicial, extrajudicial statements by defendant, Bragg's memorandum wrote. Defendant has a long history of making public and inflammatory remarks about a participant Uh, which would be Alvin Bragg, by the way, just for the record. Uh, Participants in various judicial proceedings against him, including jurors, witnesses, lawyers, and court staff. Those remarks, as well as the inevitable reactions they incite from the defendant's followers and allies, pose a significant and imminent threat to the orderly administration of this criminal proceeding and a substantial likelihood of causing material prejudice. My question is, who wrote that for Alvin Bragg? Because that doesn't sound like, you know, I don't think there's a few, few grade levels above him. But either way, the bottom line is his feelings got hurt. He doesn't want anyone to say bad things about him. Because Donald Trump has the audacity to question the supreme authority of Soros-backed district attorneys 
who look at the law as a form of persecution against those they don't like and they don't wish to support. So his answer to that is, well, only I should be able to. So for example, Letitia James, you know that each day on Instagram, she is posting an updated meme of the judgment against Donald Trump from Judge Aragon that adds in the daily interest. Now, how is that not prejudicial and extrajudicial? How's that not inflammatory against Donald Trump? But no, no, that's okay. Alvin Bragg, hey, 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 he can go around saying whatever he wants about the big orange man bad, but there's there's no stopping it. But if Donald Trump wants to speak back, well, that's that's just a bit too far. Matter of fact, a spokesperson for Trump's campaign, Stephen Jung, said today the two-tiered system of justice implemented against President Trump is on full display with a request by another deranged Democrat prosecutor seeking a restrictive gag order, which, if granted, would impose an unconstitutional infringement on President Trump's First Amendment rights, including his ability to defend himself and the rights of the American people to hear from President Trump. And trust me, they'd rather hear from him than from Alvin Bragg any day of the week. That's, that's my little part to it. Going on to Chung's comments, he said, this is election interference, pure and simple. This case, like the others, is a sham orchestrated by partisan Democrats desperately attempting to prevent the re-election of President Trump and distract from the, de- the decrepit presidency of crooked Joe Biden. The radical left will fail and President Trump will make America great again. By the way, great great response uh, by him. Now, this is, again, it's all distraction. And I've said this time, all this IVF talk, all the, it's all about distraction, distraction, distraction. And because they don't want you to look at Joe Biden. Yesterday, he was at the White House hosting his Fight Crime and Make Our Communities Safer Forum at the White House State Dining Room. Now, just a quick few snippets of what he had to say there, including cut number two. My plan goes after the scourge of gun violence in America. I've taken more executive actions to stop the flow of illegal guns than any other administration in history. And we beat the NRA when I signed the most significant gun safety law in nearly 30 years. Well, that's that's something to be proud of, Joe. I know now that makes everyone feel better, right? And why? Tell us, Joe, what what is the point of all this? Cut three. We're going to finish the job. We're going to ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines next time around because it has to be done. This is what it's all about, Tim. Now, of course, understand that immigration's, Immigrations and Customs Enforcement has confirmed, as we told you yesterday, that Maryland two-year-old shot and killed by illegal immigrants. Also, earlier this month, three Metropolitan Washington, D.C. Police Department officers sustained injuries in an altercation while attempting to serve a warrant. ICE confirmed that Stephen Kloss Radigan, the suspect, also an illegal immigrant. The person that killed Lake and Riley, an illegal immigrant. The person that stabbed a teenager, also an illegal immigrant. The regular Joe Radio Show.